Boy, don't you love a good sports entertainment show? You know the kind that if you're actually a veteran of this industry, maybe you're one of those program directors out there who could hopefully be listening at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts, or the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. And you're sitting there thinking, my goodness, this guy's got a great topic, but it'd be great to have audio bites to complement that. Well, guess what? We'd love to do it. But guess what? Not only do we happen to have a time where the internet doesn't pop up, where the other part of the responsibility, which is sales, happens to get in the way, but even better, Ty, who was doing a masterful job coming in on short notice, but Trey, recovering from his illness, can't really fix it on remote. He's going to try, but that would complement what we are about to say so well and gave a little bit of a thought to from the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take that we did earlier today. I know. Hey, it is what it is. That's how the world goes. And it's not anybody's fault. It's just unfortunate because we want to bring you the best. And we always do bring the best of what we're capable of. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best possible. And sometimes, yes, you're supposed to not make excuses. But we are offering explanations that things legitimately outside our control are popping up. No show yesterday. Trey's illness. It happens. This time, technical issues. Welcome to the life. So if it's not up to your standards, we apologize. But we hope it is. Now, that little disclaimer for the first minute and a half of the fast lane out of the way, the point of the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take that we did earlier today is on Jamie Chadwell at Liberty and comparing his situation to the Virginia Cavaliers and the Virginia Tech Hokies. Because a couple of things stood out from this past week and that kind of shed light into what the brilliance of Ian McCall has been previously. And part of the strength that Ian McCall has to offer is, yes, the the unceremonious dismissal at Baylor is a reality. But the truth also is, is I've said this before, a lot of that was the head football coach at the time and the power that he had. And if you're not familiar with just general football in Texas, high school or college, I'll throw pro out because the money is so great that we know the owners have much greater say than anybody else, especially with the Dallas Cowboys. But the reality is, everybody else, that football coach has got much greater power and say than the athletic director. It doesn't mean the athletic director doesn't take the blame when something goes wrong. You take the checks of the job, the perks that come with it. You have to be responsible when things don't go very well like they did at Baylor. But there's also a side to Ian McCall that has made him a good fit for Liberty, made him attractive, and that's understanding the job description of what it means to be an athletic director. And at a school that values football, And Liberty certainly would fit this particular criteria in this particular classification. And that's this. If you're looking at a school like Liberty, where football is highly valued, having a priority list extends beyond just your current head coach. But always having that proverbial list in the glove compartment, so to speak. I use that analogy because my dad's always said this before. The list in the glove compartment analogy is... If I were to lose my job tomorrow, what are things I could do that could be beneficial to my family, to my purpose in life, how God calls me? I'm religious. That's the route I go. Maybe you just say what you want to do in life, however you choose to frame it. Things that can meet a lot of those desires. And then things that maybe check some of the boxes, but not all of them. Well, having that is beneficial. And what we've heard previously, and Jamie Chadwell is the latest example of this at Liberty But it's the value of having a head coach that has head coaching experience somewhere and has learned in prior stops. 
Each of the last three Liberty football coaches, and Ian McCall did not make the initial Turner Gill hire, but he did make, to my knowledge, he did make the Hugh Freeze hire. He kept Turner Gill around. He made the Hugh Freeze hire, and then he made the Jamie Chadwell hire. So even if it's just Freeze and Chadwell, there's a good body of work that's a thought process that goes into this is very sound. And the thought process behind Jamie Chadwell coming to Liberty most recently was Ian McCall has always valued coaches that have an offensive mind and that have prior head coaching experience. Preferably at the Power 5 level, but understanding that that's not going to be likely in every situation. And where that just makes sense is not just at Liberty. It's too early to say officially whether Jamie Chawal's hire at Liberty will be a success and meet their expectations. They surely appear to be on the right path, but you ultimately have to go through that. The other part to that, though, is what you look for in a coach and how that manifests itself. Prior head coaching experience matters in a lot of cases. It doesn't have to be that. You can have successful hires that don't have it, but there is tremendous value to having a head coach who had prior head coaching experience. And Liberty's an example as well that it's why Ian McCall never you know, got nearly as upset or panicky or the sense of urgency never seemed to be as high when Hugh Freeze left Liberty for Auburn as it was, understandably, of course, from the Liberty fans. Because Ian McCall at Liberty at that time knew that there was a good possibility that could happen. Obviously, the conversations we've had with Damian Sordolet of NewsAdvance.com at the time when he was covering Liberty and now Roanoke.com where he covers Virginia Tech when Damian was at the Arkansas game last year. And Damian Sordolet recounted that at that point when Liberty was beating Arkansas at halftime and Ian McCall said, this has me worried. Or I'm paraphrasing what Damian said. So again, it's you know from a friend of a friend kind of comment. But Ian McCall knew this could possibly happen. So he had a plan in place. And it's smart to do that. Part of the value of a good athletic director, certainly. And then he had his boxes he wanted to check. Prior coaching experience, preferably an offensive mind, aligns with the, the visions and the values of the program and the university at Liberty, among the other things. And I can't remember all of them, but those are the three that pop up. Well, nobody would dispute that Tony Elliott aligns with the and philosophy at Virginia. He wants his players to be students and athletes. Harder than ever in this day and age where name, image, and likeness and you know, going to the highest bidder are a reality not just for prospective players coming in, but potentially players on your roster that might actually leave. The other part to that is offensive acumen. You could argue Tony Elliott had it. I think there's plenty of points that have been more validated recently that maybe what Clemson was doing under Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott and maybe to a certain extent Brandon Streeter were not all that great offensively, although you could argue that there's some cultural things that Clemson that might be issues as well offensively because they haven't gotten it together in the early tenure of Garrett Riley, who was great at TCU last year. And maybe that was more Sonny Dykes than Garrett Riley at TCU. But you could argue the offensive acumen of Tony Elliott at Virginia. And then the other part is prior coaching experience. Didn't have any. What happens with Virginia this past weekend? They're in a weather situation. And a lot of learning on the fly is not something that you can replicate. Obviously, the tragic shooting on grounds, but other situations as well. A lot of it can't be replicated until you've gone through it before. Well, when you go through it at a non-Power 5 program, the microscope is generally a lot lower than it is at a Power 5. In Virginia, the stories come out now, and you know 
the admission of this by Tony Elliott is a red flag, combined with the fact that it clearly impacted their play, or at least they came out and gave up two touchdowns over the final 12 minutes of the game when the play resumed after Virginia had the 35-24 lead over JMU, and JMU gets the two touchdowns with 8.34 to go and 55 seconds left to take the 36-35 lead that they would hold to that victory. No, Virginia players were on their cell phones, and that was an issue for Tony Elliott and the Virginia staff keeping them off that. Didn't seem to be an issue for James Madison. That coaching staff apparently spent their time focusing on game planning, giving a motivational speech, and recharging the players. And I understand that cell phone usage is a reality for players in this day and age. But I'll also throw this out there. And I don't know what your policy was, Ty, when you play college football. My general theory is, from the moment you get to the stadium before the game, until the game is over, cell phones got to go. We got business to take care of. That would be my interpretation that that's how it is. But I think it's reasonable to point criticism at Tony Elliott, and to a certain extent as well, Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, 7-0 deficit became a 17-0 deficit to Purdue when the Hokies played them after the weather delay. And that delay was longer, yes, and you have to... Go forward. You don't know when it's going to be lifted. It sure looks like it's going to be a long time. But keeping everyone mentally engaged, that's a real challenge in that particular spot, Ty. And again, from my perspective, it would seem to be whether the delay is a half hour, the obligatory 30 minutes, or whether it's longer than that. From the moment we get to the stadium and put on those pads and start focusing to the moment we check out after the outcome has been decided. Win or lose, cell phones got to go away. Is that too old school of me or is that a big difference between having a coach who's been there before and knows what they're doing and Liberty did not have a weather delay but handling these type of situations clearly Jamie Chabell has known how to handle some adversity whereas it's harder to do it in other spots that that matters yeah it does matter a lot I mean it just depends because like okay you like you said the weather delay is like 30 minutes I don't you better not see no cell phone like you you don't need your cell phone at all now, it was like an hour or more or like two hours, like Friday when we was at the JF one. Okay, maybe you can listen to some music or, you know, nowadays everybody look at Huddle on their phone as well. So it's a, it's a huge difference in everything because it's like, not like, you know, some coaches go over adjustments in, during the weather, weather delay and stuff. So that's the only thing I can think of. But like during the time frame, if it's like 30 minutes to an hour, no phones better, better not be out. Now, unless it's like more than an hour, like hour and a half to two hours, three hours, yeah, I'll probably let you have the phone out just listening to music, not texting everybody or posting on social media. Not everybody doing that now, posting on social media and everything. I hope not. But like at least listen to music or watch some huddle, some film still from last game so you can still get some, get, so you get some mental reps in your head and know what's going on for the game plan or like some adjustment and everything to show the coach and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Ty, and I look at that as well, and if, if you're talking about it relative to the game plan, a lot of that, to me, indicates coaches have command of the situation, and maybe I'm too harsh on that, but coaches have command of a particular situation. I don't pretend that tragedy is the type of thing that you can game plan for, and I think any coach would offer as much guidance as possible on how to handle tragedy. If you're Jamie Chabwell at Liberty and you have not gone through something like the passing of Taj Boyd, the offensive lineman in camp, you can reach out to Tony Elliott at Virginia or any other coach who's dealt with tragedy in some form, and I would imagine that they would be more than willing to offer their particular advice. In-game strategy is a little bit different, but to me it's the sign of preparedness of a coach where they know how to handle it, and a lot of it, yes, I would think, 
has to boil back down to what command do you have of your team, your huddle, and your locker room to get through a scenario like that? Plus, I, I know you've seen a video with uh, Coach Prime when he was at Jacksonville, Jackson State, and he yelled at his, play, his team because they had the phones out and everything, and that drove him insane. So it tells you it's not, like, too harsh. It tells you, like, get your head in the game. You don't need to be on phone with, like, your girlfriend, your boys, well, your mama, unless it's something important with your mom. That would be different, but still. But either way, it's all about, like, mental, like, get you focused for the game before you go out and everything. You don't need your phone out and stuff to, like, let you know, like, oh, let me put, have my phone out so I can be ready for the game. I know I need my – I need to think to myself and everything. So I know you've seen a video, Coach, probably when you did that. Yep. Thing. Yeah, and, and that's a great point, Ty, is handling command. And this is this is where, again, the whole you're too new school or you're too old school ed defense doesn't hold any water. When you think of a new school coach that has figured out how to focus on business and getting the job done on the field and – is as new school as ever in terms of promoting player NIL opportunities, social well-being, all of the things that go along with the wanting to maximize your brand as a player. I mean, Coach Prime has got to be at the top of the list, correct? Uh, I, I hopefully number one. Hopefully, I, I hope he's number one at least. I mean, he's got to be, right? Yeah. Because he's the one coach out there that clearly has proven that he knows how to handle this situation. Now, if his player... I'll probably go with between probably like Shador Sanders. I think he's number one as a player and stuff. But in terms of a coach that can still maintain command definitely, of an organization. Definitely it's between Dion and probably Coach Saban. It just depends on yeah. the situation Coach Saban. I mean, and I get it. And, and, and Alabama has slipped recently in terms of results, and that ob- obvi- obviously makes sense. But as much as people give grief to Coach Prime, who we like to refer to him as that, or Coach Sanders as maybe his official name and the desired name. I, look, he was at Jackson State as a head coach before he was at Colorado. I have my doubts, again, of whether this will actually work or not, or did have my doubts, but the guy knows how to handle the situation. It's not a shock that you know what you're doing in this spot. And so when weather delays might pop up, or distractions might arise. You've mapped this out in your head as a coaching staff. It's clear that Virginia had not prepared for a situation like this. Otherwise, the phones would have been a distraction. And it's also clear, Ty, that Virginia Tech also had their struggles dealing with the weather delay and the mm-hmm. inclement weather. And it's a huge blow when you can't handle that and what you can do to, to mitigate those type of challenges in that type of situation. And again, I may be old school, but to me, like you said, you can't be on social media, liking photos, watching TikToks, doing Instagram stuff. You got a job to take care of. And if anything, if anything, in the NIL era, where you know now if Dion can do it or Coach Prime can do it, where you can run players off for underperformance and his success is going to embolden other programs to do that more often. Hey, we evaluated a guy that's a three, four, or five-star talent, but we misevaluated him, and we think we can upgrade. They're going to do it. So if you're a player, I mean, with the perks of NIL, come the pressure tie of being able to handle your business as a professional, which means not getting on social media or doing things that distract you from doing your job because 
That's not what professionals do in that situation. And I get it. We could all be so fortunate if you're a football player where you have, in the league, you may be a rookie that wants to be on your phone in a weather delay. Mm. But you may have a 35-year-old veteran in your ear who's been around the block before and knows the ropes and can guide you through that. It's a different relationship because they're literally on the field battling with you, I would think, compared to a coach trying to instill that in you. But even then, if you've got coaches that were former players, and we know Virginia Tech does with guys like Pearson Prelude and J.C. Price, among others. We know that Virginia does with guys like Chris Slade, who was there before, among others. Sent them as well. Guess what? They found ways to do it. If you've got those people around, they've got to be spearheading the charge and saying, the buck stops here. We got a job to do. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true on that one because it's just like like nowadays, it's like your phone is like, it's like it's it's good and it's bad at the same time because it catch everybody's attention and stuff. That's what I think players need nowadays. Like some like, hey, we can't use our phones. You can't use your phone every day because you gotta think about everybody's watching you. You're like a target, and you gotta think about everybody love to post. They want to see what you post because if you post some like some slight, it's gonna call. It's gonna be a big issue, especially how they look at it as well because. I think like nobody from the NCAA, even like players, like even big time players, are not safe at all on sports on social media because everybody's looking at what you're doing and everything. So you got all the eyes on attention on you, especially posting every single day and stuff. So that definitely like like that definitely gets like a catch a fire on you and everything. It does, and and the reality is we saw this in NASCAR. I know I know it's weird to be bringing a NASCAR parallel to college football, but ride with me on this one. What got this driver, Noah Gregson, Cup Series driver who was great in the Xfinity Series, he was one of the top contenders for the AAA of NASCAR championship last year, gets up to the Cup Series. Granted, kind of a lame duck organization because his team, Legacy Motor Club, switching from Chevrolet to Toyota, so they're not going to get a lot of support from Chevy. They're not yet tied into Toyota and running that equipment to be pulled into that manufacturer and their resources like the other six Toyota cars, four for Joe Gibbs and two for 2311 happen to be. But Noah Gregson was in a spot where, you know, he liked one controversial social media post involving the killing of George Floyd. One post, and people paid attention to it. Again, I could be off tie, but that should seemingly be a lesson that if you're an athlete liking something during a weather delay or commenting on something during a weather delay, the people to whom you intend for that to be received may be your family and friends and your close ones. The reality is, if you're a public figure, and this just comes with the territory. There are going to be other people that pay attention to that as well. And with the perks of being a public figure, and especially now, and I think it's justified being able to monetize it, comes the reality that there's also scrutiny from that as well. And it goes both ways. That's definitely true on that one. That's why, like, me, while I was playing college football and stuff, I was never posting stuff on social media. No, you're my teammates did it a lot. It, it irritates me the most. But for me, I had to worry about me. I can't post everything every day because... I don't know who's watching and somebody might catch me like, why you like this po- uh, post and everything? I was like, oh, I didn't know it was a big issue. So that's why I was like, stay away from social media. One time my coach told me, he was like, during football season, delete all your social media. Just stay quiet. Just worry about grinding every day. Worry about the games and everything. Worry about football season. After football season, you can re-download your uh, Snapchat, Instagram, all that, so you can look in it, so you can like the post and look at, look at posts in there and start, look at people's story every day. Here's the other thing. You have these policies in place. 
And I'm sure Liberty would do this. They're on the cutting edge with a lot of things when it comes to how to position and brand themselves. I know mm -hmm. we dog on them for certain attendance figures and laugh about that. But the truth of the matter is, is even in spite of that, they, they know what they're doing as an athletic department in a lot of ways. Have a social media team that's out there. A lot of these players, it, it, part of your sales pitch of come to our university is we have social media team members and experts who will be glad to put highlight packages together, graphics together, and other things that we can put on your social media profiles on your behalf during the season. And then, like you mentioned, as soon as the season ends, you got free reign for Even during off-season conditioning and practice, mm -hmm. as rigorous as that stuff is, and, and frankly, as it should be, because that's where mm -hmm. you can make your biggest, from to my knowledge at least, correct me if I'm wrong because you played football, you make your biggest strength and conditioning growth during the off-season. And you mm -hmm. do need to be locked into that. But there's no definitive win-loss perspective. As bad as a win or a loss in the weight room is, it's not as consequential as a win or a loss on the football field. And yes, the coaching staff and the strength and conditioning department are going to put those incentives out there to make you focus. But if you're doing some social media, if you're doing some other promotional things, the old saying, off-season is me time, in-season is we time. Mm -hmm. In-season, the moment that season begins, if not the beginning of training camp, certainly in the week leading up to game one when it goes from general team improvement to game preparation week. If I can figure this out, these schools should be able to have policies in place like Virginia and Virginia Tech and others, some of whom won, but other schools should also have a policy in place where they can handle social media and say, look, we'll take care of a lot of the graphics and things of that nature, but we want you focused on the job, especially if you want to be in a spot where your performance is tied into NIL. Well, if you're going to get paid and you're going to go to a school that's going to pay you more, they're going to expect more out of you in terms of carrying yourself as a professional. And if you expect to get to the league, they're definitely going to expect that. And they don't care in the league in a lot of cases if you use social media. But here's a newsflash. A lot of the stuff you'll see that's on social media posted by the players, quote unquote, I did put the quote unquote in there for a reason. It's because it's often their agents or their representation or other people doing that for them. You've got the resources, so please utilize that. And I just say that because I want players to be locked in as much as possible. And as fans, we were not really treated to that if you follow schools like Virginia and Virginia Tech, both of whom really struggled coming out of weather delays over the weekend. When we return, someone who's very familiar with the concept of weather delays because he was part of those this past weekend for high school football. It's Ben Cates. He'll be with us today in the fast lane when we return. Looking at that and what to expect as district play is set to begin for local schools around the area. All of that's still to come. This is the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network.